0: Good morning. Happy November 2nd. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. It's a cold one this morning, but that's okay. It's supposed to be cold. It's November now. I'm I'm actually kind of glad it's cold, but I'm also kind of glad that I had the foresight to build an extra time into my morning routine to allow to scrape the windshield. There wasn't much to scrape, but don't you hate forgetting that? And if you haven't left the house yet, And you park outside, you might want to leave just a little bit of extra time. It wasn't too bad this morning. Not like it's going to be as we get into the winter in the coming months. Let's begin our morning together in prayer as we always do. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is an absolutely wonderful joy to be with you this morning. I enjoyed the day off yesterday for the... uh, Holy Day of Obligation, we did some fun things, you know, starting with Mass, and then uh, my kids got to hang out with their cousins for a good chunk of the morning. My dentist called to say that uh, he wanted to reschedule an appointment, and I was like, well, praise God for that blessing. Um, You still have to go, but, you know, not as soon as I was thinking. And uh, just a a day of relaxation, a day of catching up on some rest, especially after uh, how cold it was. Tuesday night or Monday night. What night what day is today's Thursday, right? Today's Thursday, November second. It feels like Monday because I had the day off yesterday. But uh, what what a great All Saints Day was. Today is All Souls Day. And we are going to start praying for the dead these eight days. We started yesterday, and it's our eight days of that, November 1st through 8th. And this is from a wonderful article on the National Catholic Register. If you if you look this up, you can find it. Uh, just type All Souls Day Indulgence, National Catholic Register, and it's from 2019. But it reports that every year on these eight days, the church grants a plenary indulgence that can be applied only to the souls in purgatory. Now, this cannot be applied to you. You are not a soul in purgatory. Uh, If you are listening to this radio broadcast as a living human being, right, Uh, only apply to a soul in purgatory. So it could be a parent, grandparent, a loved one who's gone before you marked with the sign of faith. You could apply it to a soul you don't even know. You could say, Lord, please give this to the soul who needs it. Um, how to use this on each day from November 1st through 8th, the person seeking the plenary indulgence for a soul must one devoutly visit a cemetery and pray if only mentally for the departed Two, on all souls day or according to the ordinary on the Sunday preceding it or following it. So that would be dependent upon your local diocese devoutly visit a church Or in oratory and recite an our Father in the Creed. There are a couple of other requirements that have to be fulfilled, says the register, which apply to any plenary indulgence, and those are that we have to uh, pray. You know, you have to be in a state of grace. Number one, you have to have the interior disposition of complete detachment from sin, even venial sin. Otherwise, the indulgence becomes partial, not plenary. And to fulfill these three, you also have to fulfill these three conditions. Sacramentally confess your sins, receive Holy Communion, and pray for the intentions of the Holy Father, one Our Father, and one Hail Mary fully satisfies us. So, be baptized in a state of grace, which might mean you need to go to confession. Pardon me. Go to Mass and receive Holy Communion. Uh, And pray for the intentions of the Holy Father, one Our Father, one Hail Mary. Uh, For those who are homebound and have communion brought to you, that also satisfies the reception of Holy Communion. And then uh, go to a cemetery and pray, if only mentally, for the departed. So there you go. It's it's a great opportunity for us. Today on the show, we are going to hear about following the lives of the saints. Yesterday was All Saints Day. The saints are an inspiration for us to be holy as our Father is holy. We're also going to hear about Memento Mori, how we're called to be saints. And uh, Father Meyer is going to share some thoughts on how we can amend our lives in light of that beautiful phrase, Memento Mori. We're also going to have a homily from Monsignor Morris on putting on the helmet of truth. And Father Skillman's with us because it is Thursday. You know, we, we determined that it is Thursday. And uh, we love to visit with Father Skillman on Thursdays to talk about the Redeemer of Man, the first encyclical of St. John Paul II. So that's what's ahead on the show. Let's go now to Mike Roberts for our Saint of the Day.
1: Today is the commemoration of all the faithful departed, All Souls Day. On this, the second day of November, we are called to remember specifically those we loved in this world who have gone before us now and to a confidence that is our great consolation which comes from knowing that they who loved and followed Jesus are with him now. We will hear from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the just are in the hands of God and no torment shall touch them. They seemed in view of the foolish to be dead and their passing away was thought an affliction and their going forth before us utter destruction. But they are in peace. For if before men indeed they be punished, yet is their hope full of immortality. Chastised a little, they shall be greatly blessed because God tried them and found them worthy of himself. From Paul in Romans, if then we have died with Christ, we believe we also live with him, and from Jesus himself. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. Lord Jesus, have mercy on all the departed souls whom we love so much. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts.
1: Prayer in a time of waiting. All powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: I suppose it's possible that you are a new listener, that you haven't been tuned into Roadmap to Heaven on Thursday mornings for the past several weeks. But if that is you, if, if you fit either of those descriptions, we want to let you know that every Thursday morning we've been taking a walk through the encyclical Redeemer of Man. It was the first encyclical of St. John Paul II's pontificate, and we are once again joined uh, by the man walking us through it, Father David Skillman. Father, good morning good to you. Good morning. Good to be back. Now, last time we talked about some terms, collegiality and apostolate, and we learned that, you know, the bishops uh, exercise authority in collegiality in, in and in uh, together with the Pope. It's not just the Pope on his own out there, but all of the bishops with the Pope. That's one way that authority is exercised in the church. We also learned that the lay faithful, uh, myself, Our listeners, not you. You're a priest. You're, you're, you're. We we presume that you have a responsibility for the apostolate. But we learned that you know, if there was any doubt, we also have one, as well. But uh, we're going to continue to talk today about the theme of inheritance. And um, St. John Paul II today is going to, you know, I I like today's segment because the show is roadmap to heaven, and he's going to he's (laughs) going to give us a little bit of a roadmap today, isn't he?
2: He is. So just to one once more kind of refresh everyone of where we are the encyclical here is the very first of his pontificate and so it's kind of a a hinge moment if you will in the life of the church and so this first section these first six paragraphs of the document which he titles inheritance or looking back to see where, where have we been so that he can now look forward to where are we going to go from here. And this is the end of this first part of the encyclical called Inheritance, where he's just highlighted two of the bright spots that he sees in the church after the Second Vatican Council. Now he's going to point to one more bright spot that he sees in the life of the church, and it is the road to Christian unity. And so he closes out his reflection on what he has inherited with this and As he so often does, he roots everything in the words of Christ himself. In the Gospel of John at the Last Supper, that great high priestly prayer of our Lord, he prayed, I pray, Father, that they may all be one, which later is actually going to be the title of another encyclical of his on ecumenism or that that working for the unity of all Christians, ut unum sint, is just the Latin phrase for that they may be one. So in 1995, he... He published that encyclical. Um, but he says that he wants to acknowledge what he calls real and important advances in this work. So, of course, this is now, when you think about the, um, you know, the split of the Church at the time of the Protestant Reformation, this is 400 plus years, if you will, that this has been um, uh, an issue in the life of the Church, not to mention the Great Schism from, you know, uh, a millennium before. So he wants to point out the real and important advances as well as difficulties he says that require perseverance, humility and courage. So you get a sense that he's he's determined, right? We're not just going to we're not just going to give up. We're not going to say this is a hopeless cause and he even responds very directly to those who question whether the church should be engaging in this activity. Because there's a, there's a temptation to say, well, we're Catholic, we've got it all, right? We're, we're good. We don't have to work for this. It's <laughs> their problem, you know, if they're, they're separated from us. But to those people, he says, have we the right not to do it? Can we fail to have trust in spite of all human weakness and all the faults of past centuries in our Lord's grace as revealed recently through what the Holy Spirit said and we heard during the council? I love that em- emphasis that, yeah, this may be hopeless if we're just doing this on our own effort, but God is with us, right? And if we, if we rely on his grace, that's going to be the key to quote unquote success in ecumenical activity in striving for the unity of all Christians. And he summarizes the task in this way. This is a quote. He says, true ecumenical activity means openness, drawing closer, availability for dialogue, and a shared investigation of the truth in the full evangelical and Christian sense. But in no way does it or can it mean giving up or in any way diminishing the treasures of divine truth that the Church has constantly confessed and taught. You've got an example here of just kind of the classic Catholic both and, right? We're going to approach this with a sense of openness, of dialogue, a desire to meet the other, where they are, um, but at the very same time, we're going to acknowledge what we have, which is the treasure of the fullness of truth that the church has, right? So ecumenism doesn't mean in any way compromising on our truths. We enter in dialogue with a desire to, to be united around the one truth. So this is uh, the, the task of ecumenism, of the road to Christian unity. Uh, but then also he includes in this section as well a paragraph about dialogue with non-christian religions so this is we talk about ecumenism as that working towards the unity of all christians um, and then we talk about inter-religious dialogue which is this dialogue this conversation between christians and and non-christians and he, he writes this does it not sometimes happen that the firm belief of the followers of the non-christian religions A belief that is also an effect of the spirit of truth operating outside the visible confines of the mystical body can make christians ashamed at being often themselves so disposed to doubt concerning the truths revealed by god and proclaimed by the church and so prone to relax moral principles and open the way to ethical permissiveness it's interesting to me he talks about the the spirit that work outside the visible confines of the mystical body. This is one of the kind of basic principles of the church's approach to inter-religious dialogue is kind of like we had said um, last time, naming the good, right? Acknowledging, yes, the, the errors, the falsehoods, but not losing sight of the good, which is an effect of the spirit operating outside the visible confines of, of the church. And he, he finishes his reflections here by saying this. It is a noble thing to have a predisposition for understanding every person, analyzing every system, and recognizing what is right. So again, this value of, of, of dialogue and openness to the other. But then he says, it, this does not at all mean losing certitude about one's own faith or weakening the principles of morality, the lack of which will soon make itself felt in the life of whole societies with deplorable consequences besides, right? So again, this both and of openness to the other without ever losing the firmness of our convictions uh, that we have in, in the truth that Christ has revealed and entrusted to the Catholic Church. So you get this, this balance, you know, and, and this, um, this proper way of entering into that work for Christian unity and also dialogue with others of non-Christian religions. And I think it's a beautiful reminder to us of, of for ourselves when we meet others who are not Catholic, you know, how we can approach them with that with that balanced openness to the other, um, but also a firmness of conviction of the gift of the truth.
0: I, I think it's a great reminder for us that when we engage in that dialogue, there is—there is, there are two things especially to keep in mind. One, I'm not going to necessarily go up to someone and be like, hi, I'm Adam, are you Catholic, and if not, why not? You know, let's talk right now. Um, but I'm also not just going to approach it and say, hi, I'm Adam. Are you Catholic? No? Okay, well, that's that's what you believe, and that's you. know, That's, you, that's okay. I'll just uh, be over here. And, you know, if you ever want to talk, I'll be over there. But, you know, to kind of hide who I am for the sake of getting along or, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to talk about what the church teaches because it might cause a little bit of uh, discord between us or a little um, friction. No, we're we're going to witness to who we are and, and what we believe, especially when we get into those conversations of belief, and it's not to say, well, you're wrong and I'm right. It's to say there's a way forward. So it, it, it's a great reminder for us as the lesson. You know, we're not going to shy away from who we are, but that doesn't also mean we're going to go around with a hammer and hit people over the head and say, all right, now believe what we believe here right. as well. But we do have a goal for our conversations.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and recognizing that in whatever ways I can share the truth with the other, that is an act of charity, right? It's it's for the other person's good, not for the sake of my winning the argument, but I want them to come to know and experience the joy that I have found and experienced in the fullness of the faith.
0: Yeah, I think of the uh, the magician, the atheist, Penn Jillette on his, I, I don't know if it was a vlog or just an interview, but it's out there, there's a video of it out there on the internet where he's saying, you know, if you truly believe that there's a heaven and there's a hell and that I'm in danger of going to hell, how much do you have to hate me not to to even say something, mm-hmm. you know, not not to warn me? You know, I may not believe it, but do you, how much do you have to hate me to just be silent? And uh, if, if the atheist can say that, I think that's a very stark reminder for us. So, Father, thank you for uh, wrapping up. Th- this really wraps up the introduction of, of the inheritance, where we we're coming from. So now that we, when we reconvene next week, St. John Paul II is going to set the stage for now, where are we going? Right. Yep. All right. Well, until next week, Father, thank you for being with us.
1: Prayer for Vocations. God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, we beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness so that your word may spread and be glorified and all nations may know you, the only God, and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of the Americas, and Mary, mother of the Franciscan missionaries of the eternal word, pray for us.
0: Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R Catholic Visit us today and now back to this podcast. Here we are on Thursday. It's time for our Daily Dose of Encouragement, where we are continuing to learn about Eucharistic miracles, drawing ever closer to this present day. Patty, what Eucharistic miracle will we learn about today?
3: Well, let's go to Buenos Aires in Argentina, site of a Eucharistic miracle in 1996, so really recent. On October 18th, 1996, after Mass at the Santa Maria Church, a communion host was found abandoned. On the floor. Following what the church prescribes to do in these situations, the priests placed the host in a bowl of water, which was then placed in the tabernacle until it dissolved. Within days, a blood like substance issued from the host. It grew in quantity and transformed over the next 10 days, which caused Archbishop Jorge Bergoglio of Buenos Aires, who is now Pope Francis to call a commission, a scientific investigation. The first step was to present a sample for DNA testing, which was done by a forensic analytical genetics laboratory in San Francisco. They reported that while there was the presence of human DNA, no human genetic code could be contained. This was highly unusual. The next step was to find an expert forensic pathologist and cardiologist, Dr. Frederick Zuggaby, Of New York, Doctor Zuggabe was told nothing of the history of the samples. His findings were documented, filmed, and recorded on April twentieth, two thousand four. And here's what he said: I quote, "I am an expert on the heart. The heart is my business. This is flesh. This flesh is heart muscle tissue, myocardium, from the left ventricle wall." This heart muscle is inflamed. It has lost its striations and is infiltrated with white blood cells. White blood cells are not normally found in heart tissue. These cells are produced by the body and they escape from the blood and infiltrate the tissue to address trauma or injury. The presence of these white blood cells tells me two things. First, this heart has suffered traumatic injury. There has been a compromising of the blood supply to the heart. This is not unlike what I have seen when someone has been beaten severely over the chest in the region of the heart. Secondly, this heart was alive. This heart is from a living person, not a dead person. I am looking at a snapshot of a living heart. I can date the injury. I can date when the compromising of the blood supply occurred. It happened Three days before the snapshot in time captured this microscopic slide. End quote. Amazing. Same findings as Lanciano. Living tissue, heart tissue, left ventricle, and yet even more data: a heart that has suffered trauma that has been beaten. Jesus is truly alive, resurrected, and present in Holy Communion. And this is what I find so beautiful. He is giving us his heart. In the Eucharist, ponder that today with awe and wonder and gratitude. It really is his heart.
0: Patty, this is another amazing true story. Thank you for sharing it with us here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. It's been a great show to spend with you I sometimes feel like Mr. Rogers saying that, you know, and I do wear a quarter zip. I don't wear a full zip cardigan. I have, a, I have a quarter zip roadmap pull over here. And I do wear tennis shoes when I do the show. Maybe I am like Mr. Rogers. No, I'm not. Uh, we'd like to remind you that the weather today is going to be having high near 60 here in the St. Louis area. And a low tonight around 39. It's going to be partly cloudy overnight. And uh, tomorrow, it's just going to keep getting warmer. The high tomorrow near 64. So as cold as it's been these past few days, it is going to warm up. Don't forget to pray for the faithful departed. And again, as we shared with you that article from the National Catholic Register earlier, if you go to a cemetery and pray, even just quietly, if there's people around, you don't want to disturb anyone, pray, pray quietly inside your mind for the The faithful departed and then the normal conditions for an indulgence receive Holy Communion be completely detached from sin even venial sin and pray at least in our father and hail Mary and glory be for the intentions of the Pope pray for the intentions of the Pope you can receive a plenary indulgence that can be applied to a soul. In purgatory. So I mentioned I was going to pray for my grandma. It would be a great thing if I have time today to take the kids and stop by the National Cemetery and say a prayer for her at her graveside. Pray for my grandpa while I'm there as well. You know, I love to put a lot of hope that as holy as she was in this life, that she is with God in heaven. But I don't know for sure. I do know this, though. If I pray for her and she gets to heaven, I am confident she's going to be praying for me. She loved us oh so much, and it's a great reminder for us on this All Souls Day for all of our loved ones. You know, perhaps put some pictures out. Those of you with kids, share the stories of your ancestors that you knew that your kids might not know. Aunts, uncles, grandparents, share some of those stories with your nieces, nephews, grandkids. Maybe reminisce with friends and family and keep those memories alive here in our hearts as we continue to pray for them. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Tomorrow, Corey Grizzle and Dan Vonderhaar are going to be with us for a Roadmap Roundup as we celebrate First Friday. And don't forget, tomorrow's First Friday, so go to Mass. Receive Holy Communion. Pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of our Lord. It's a great day to spend some time in Eucharistic adoration. Saturday is first Saturday, so go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, go to Confession, the Blessed Mother asks us to do. Pray the Rosary and meditate for at least 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary as that devotion on the five consecutive first Saturdays. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for tuning in to Roadmap to Heaven. Pray your Rosary today.